This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.08. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Lynn. First up today, new guidelines on rented rooms and what they say about the kind of places being rented out now. So this comes by way of the Housing and Local Government Minister Nga Koming saying that said new guidelines are currently being drawn up. And this is following very specific reports about an increase of houses being partitioned into shoebox-sized rooms that really come at the expense of proper living conditions. According to a report by The Star, a check at one such property showed that the home was being split into at least 20 rooms with very little space left in the corridor. Uh, these rooms are very thin walls, enough space for really only a single bed um, and they essentially found that people were renting out windowless rooms for something like 400 ringgit and charging more for options with windows. There are several concerns here, right? On the one hand, the issue of um, what it's like to live in those conditions, um, both from a physical well-being point of view, uh, but also in terms of mental health, um, being in such cramped conditions, such close quarters. But in a larger sense, then there are also issues with the building itself, right? Um, The fact that often living like this, having more than the capacity of a particular living space can result in uh, there being a fire hazard, for example. Um, So there are many concerns here. And I think part of this, of course, has to do with... um it really being quite grey about what homeowners can do in terms of their own private um, spaces and particularly when it comes to being able to parcel out their unit for rental. Well, yeah, um, it's it's kind of a cold way to to look at things, but I think that that is how people, some people may be looking at it, right? Where it's really about, well, okay, this is what I'm doing. I want to squeeze as much value as I can out of this this situation. And if and people property. are willing to pay and stay there, then what's the problem? Correct. Mm-hmm. Which is the natural extension of so many arguments we see about the renters' market, right? That essentially it's my private property. What I want to do it, what I want to do with it, is up to me. But of course, um, I I hate to be this person. I really do. But you know, the pandemic um, may have had its origins in not this, not cramped spaces. But if you talk about the proliferation of it and simple questions of things like hygiene, um, then I think it becomes very clear as to why something like this is unacceptable. And that's before you get into other issues surrounding safety. And then on top of that, uh, of course, I don't think it can be good for anybody to live in these spaces. Um, I am very sure that we have all had the experience of walking past a home whether landed or otherwise, looking at the shoes in front of the house on a regular basis and thinking, okay, I'm not sure how many people are actually living here or based on that, I have an idea of how many people are living here. And considering that this is near my own house, I therefore have a sense of how much actual room there is and and beginning to understand how small these spaces must actually be. Uh, so really, that's it. I think this is something that we can... Uh, many people have noticed and increasingly been pointing out. Um, and it's, it is a step in the right direction that the uh, Housing and Local Government Ministry is drawing up these guidelines. So what we're going to do is unpack what the concerns are and what we'd like to see when it comes to these sorts of guidelines. Uh, Do keep your thoughts coming, though. Have you observed this 
space in your buildings, essentially um, units or uh, houses being partitioned and then rented out individually in essentially shoebox-sized rooms. Have you seen this happening? Um, and in general, have you had any challenges trying to rent a place recently? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. After this, we'll be speaking with Dr. Ainoriza Mohamad Aini, who is a senior lecturer for the Faculty of Built Environment at University Malaya. So keep it here, BFM 89.9. Be firmly motivated. BFM 89.9. It's 5.13. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Lynn. And we're talking about um, new guidelines that are going to be coming out of the Housing and Local Government Ministry for renting of rooms. Um, And this is coming after reports of an increase in houses being partitioned into shoebox-sized rooms, which essentially sacrifice proper living conditions. So we'd like to hear from you on this. Have you observed this in your building? Have you had any challenges trying to rent a place recently? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note, or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Joining us now on the line is Dr. Ainoriza Mohamad Aini, senior lecturer for the Faculty of Built Environment at University Malaya. Dr. Ainoriza, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Shamila. Hi, Lynn. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us. So do you have an on-the-ground sense of how prevalent this issue of uh, the shoebox-sized rooms are? Uh, Right, thank you. Uh, Yes, it's happening, um, a lot of it. Um, if, If I can say a lot of it is happening, especially around urban areas especially around universities and, and, and colleges, yes, because, um, you know, um, for example, in UM, we don't have enough students' accommodations. And um, even in private colleges also, we don't have enough, uh, you know, student accommodation. Um, I think um, this issue is not new. Perhaps maybe because of the social media, we're hearing this a lot now, like, like those days, those days when we want to see room for rent, we have to find it in the newspapers. Those are my days. <laughs> but nowadays, we can easily, you know, it's it's everywhere on iBillet, on iProperty, you know, on, on Buddha.com. So, uh, you know, um, public has access to see, you know, uh, the kind of room they're getting now. Um, I guess the issue is because of the rising rental prices, especially in urban areas. Um, and due to immigration to urban areas, um, a lot more rapid population in urban areas, people are, you know, um, uh, you know, are, are moving into the city center urban areas to work, to study and whatnot. So um, we have lack of affordable rental properties for, for you know, for, 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 this, for these people to rent. So um, I guess uh, the option is to get as many people in, in, in an apartment or in a house. So yeah, so that's, so that's what's happening. And I, I guess what I, um, I, I heard is that uh, one shoebox size room can go up to 800 ringgit around PG area. 600 Mm. to 800. Imagine that. And I think what's uh, surprising, it's simultaneously surprising and not surprising, is that there aren't regulations for this. Why is that the Mm. case? Oh dear, we don't even have Residential Tenancy Act yet. (laughs) I am still waiting. When is the day we will see Residential Tenancy Act? So I, I guess recently we heard that the Deputy Minister has announced that we're going to have Residential Tenancy Act you know, tabled next year. 
but I guess if we don't have the big Presidential Tenancy Act, um, I don't know how the the Room Tenancy Act is gonna you know gonna fit in the picture. So I, I'm waiting for the day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, talk to us then about the issues that have come about from these sorts of really dense shared living spaces. Um, I I guess one of the issues, um, um, you know, um, especially when we had the recent COVID. Okay, so that's when, you know, people talk about um, spaces because people spend more time at home. Um, there's a lot of issues arising from dense sharing spaces. One is transmission of, uh, transmission of um, contagious diseases. Yeah, easily. If you sneeze easily, your housemates, housemates can catch it. Uh, and also issues surrounding the well-being of the occupants. Yeah, um, because when you have um, a lot of people living in one place, uh, you know, you will have lack of privacy, one thing. Uh, when you have lack of privacy, you will also get sleep deprived in a way, yeah, because you don't get enough sleep. Um, and also, um, you know, um, you may not be able to, um, how would I say it, yeah, get along with your housemate probably. So a lot of a lot of uh, well-being and psychological issues there. Um, I would like to also stress about when you live in a smaller space, uh, when you live, uh, when when a lot of people, you know, stay in in uh, in in one house, then there will be issues of um, the indoor air quality. You may not get enough uh, lighting. Uh, so that's why I heard, you know, some of the room doesn't even have windows, doesn't even have, you know, good ventilation. I don't know how they how they survive in that kind of room because we know that indoor air quality is very, very important. Lighting as well. Um, yeah, I guess. And also um, fire hazard. Fire hazard is also another issue. Imagine if like 10 people live in one house, one person have how many devices? I don't know, Shamila and Lynn, how many devices do you have? Like, you know, you need to charge your iPad, your iPhone, your 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 laptop, you know, whatever devices that you have. So that, you know, that increases the fire hazard risk in the house. So, um, you know, the I guess the important question to ask in some ways is then how do they exist? I mean, in the first place, how is it that homeowners are managing to renovate and, and put up these partitions and create I don't know, 10 rooms or 15 rooms where previously there were four? I guess it's it's because of demand. Because they feel there's demand for it, then, you know, and um, and these people, for example, some of the students around UM, I, I know, because we did we did quite a, a uh, um, we, we did a few studies on students living outside campus. So they have no choice. They have no choice. And because of the demand, I guess some, maybe some of the owners are taking advantage of it, out of it. So yeah, so so they, they they created the extra spaces so that more people can live in the house. So the guidelines that are pro- being proposed or, or in the process of being drafted by the Housing and Local Government Ministry um, essentially are meant to address these issues. And some of the most important regulations that are being put in place actually include the number and size of each room in mm-hmm. any given residence. Mm-hmm. What should be the ideal minimum requirement? The minimum requirement. Actually, um, under the local government act, we already have uh, what we call section uh, section seven. So, no, sorry, 
um, section 79 about um, you know a minimum space of a, of an adult should have which is about 350 cubic feet of clear internal space we already have that in the act actually a space a space for an adult in a house but I guess if the government would like to come up with guidelines, then um, they need to study a little bit more on what would be an appropriate size, what kind of ventilation, indoor air quality needed. In a part I, I'm more particular about, you know, the, the, the quality of the space rather than, than the size itself. Yeah, the quality of the space, you know, that, that's very important. So just to be clear then, um, you said the Housing Act does have those guidelines. Um, does that local mean government the Act. local government act, sorry, <laughs> yes. Um, essentially it means that doing this to your house without mm -hmm. getting prior permission is illegal. To have overcrowding is illegal. Right. Um, Having partition is not illegal. Ah, you can have how many partitions you like in a house. I see. But overcrowding is illegal. I guess um, the local authorities have been trying to address the issue of overcrowding. Um, I've seen cases where 30 people live in a house where they, uh, you know, change shift. Like 15 people stay in the house during daytime and then they go out to work. And then 15 people, you know, uh, we've seen this. Uh, uh, 15 people who, who who are doing night shift comes back to the house. So 30 people in house, imagine that. <laughs> We've been talking a lot about the physical state of, of living in one of these places, but experts have also highlighted the mm -hmm. effects of poor living on our mental health. Um, yeah. How can the government think about regulations from a more holistic perspective and incorporate mental health into the equation? All right, that's a very um, difficult question. <laughs> um, um, I guess um, a thorough study needs to be done at this point of time um, to see what would be appropriate and what's needed lah, with the health being. Uh, we don't have that kind of study yet in Malaysia. Um, a lot of study has been done in the UK and in the US. They haven't come up with any like a definite conclusion. What would be what would be the idea? What would be the you know what would be the best you know um, um, living uh, you know room room size spaces for a person. So I guess um, um, the government should limit on the number of a person in the house. Uh, I guess what we have now under Section 79 is good enough. How would the guidelines differ or have to differ depending on whether it's a landed property or an apartment building? I don't, I, I don't think there should be any differences. Mm. Right. Uh -huh. And... I mean, I think the other part of it is that enforcement is mm -hmm. always going to be an issue. So once the guidelines are drawn up, what might be some good ways to ensure that tenants are actually adhering to them? Mm -hmm. Agreement. We need a good agreement. <laughs> a good agreement. Um, I guess at the end of the day, agreement and consensus between the landlord and the tenant. Yep. And on top of that, um, I'm just wondering if we have this kind of guideline to to impose a certain minimum restriction, uh, minimum size of a house, and other guideline for room renting. I wonder who is going to enforce them. I, that that is the first question I have in mind. If we are going to have, you know, if we have act, we need to enforce them. If we have guideline, how are we going to ensure that you know uh, the the uh, the tenants are adhering to it? You know, are we going to have a special unit at KPKT or are we going to have uh, add more responsibility to the local government to enforce 
to enforce this? No, uh, that, that is a question that I have in mind. Do we have enough manpower to, to ensure all this, all this thing? Even the overcrowding issues, the local government are having hard time to, you know, to, to, to solve it at this point of time. So let's talk about mm-hmm. um, cost a little bit, right? So mm-hmm. at the moment, um, as, as you also pointed out earlier, these rooms are being rented out for something mm-hmm. like uh, 400 ringgit per month. Um, mm-hmm. Could putting these guidelines or requirements in place potentially drive up prices and uh, have a counterproductive effect, make housing even more unaffordable? Possibly. I, I can possibly, uh, you know, I can possibly that's happening. For example, if you have, if you partition the room into two and one room doesn't have window and maybe you need to add you know, uh, additional ventilation to the room, it will definitely add cost to the landlord. So def- definitely the landlord will charge you a little bit more. Definitely, yeah. And looking beyond regulations for rented rooms, what long-term solutions are needed to provide sustainable and livable affordable housing, particularly for younger tenants? Younger tenants. Again, Residential Tenancy Act. I'm looking forward to it very much. Um, I guess in a way, um, the government can provide more um, housing for singles. Uh, actually, they, they have done it. Like they, they have a few, but not much. Maybe the one that we can take, for example, is Roma Balia, uh, if I got the term right. Yeah. So yeah, for singles. Yeah, for, for singles. And um, we have micro housings. I think that is wonderful, yeah. Proper, proper, proper rooms, you know, for for individuals to live in. Um, are these sorts of solutions being studied or discussed by the government? Um, in a, in a sort of more sustainable and uh, long term way. Um, I I guess they are. They they are looking at it. I think that even the researchers are looking at it, looking at this issue. So hopefully we can we can you know we can find uh, some kind of solutions that you know at the end of the day we will have you know more uh, more affordable rental housing rental room uh, at the same time maintaining the health and well-being of occupants hopefully yeah looking forward Dr Ainuriza thank you for speaking with us today thank you for having me that was Dr. Ainuriza Mohamad Aini, Senior Lecturer for the Faculty of Built Environment at University Malaya, weighing in on um, the fact that there are going to be new guidelines being drafted on uh, rental rooms. And this is coming after reports of more and more houses being partitioned into tiny shoebox-sized rooms for rent. Um, And so we are asking you, is this something you've observed? Have you had challenges trying to rent a place recently? You can call 77332900, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018. 018-789-8899 Tweet us at BFM Radio We'll be back after this for your messages So keep it here, BFM 89.9 Beyond Frivolous Matters BFM 89.9 The Business Station it's 5.38. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Lynn. And we've been talking about um, new proposed new guidelines for renting rooms. Uh, this is coming from the Housing and Local Government Minister, Nga Koming. Um, and essentially, the idea is to regulate um, 
this increase of houses being partitioned into shoebox-sized apartment uh, rooms, which come at the expense of proper living conditions, mental and physical well-being. So we've been asking you, have you observed this in your building? Have you had any challenges trying to rent a place? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. We have a number of thoughts that have come in on this. Well, um, I'd like to start by um, looking at some of the messages that are complicating the premise a little bit. So Jordan, for example, says, don't see it through our lens. Look at Tokyo or Hong Kong. Many people stay in real small rooms. They take it as a place to sleep, but save a lot so that they have a life when they're awake. They catch movies, they eat well, they go to gyms. Um, and if you look at it from the perspective of migrants, they can send more money home. They don't stick around in their room 24-7 anyway. Um, they're usually in parks, malls and so on. So, um, I see what you're saying, Jordan, and, and I know that actually like places like Hong Kong and Tokyo immediately come to mind. Um, but there is a difference, I think, with housing that was purpose-built to provide smaller spaces that people can uh, sort of have a, a pared-down living space in that is affordable um, versus unregulated partitioning of existing living spaces into smaller rooms. Because um, even in Hong Kong, for instance, I know there are two, right? They are the, the sort of the shoebox apartments that are planned spaces and then they are the, the illegal ones, which often tend to get a lot of coverage. I think it is important that even if we move towards smaller living spaces, they, they're done to the best of our ability. Yeah, so I think no one is contesting anybody's right to live in a small space, if that's what mm. you want. Um, I think the problem is when there is no other option and somehow um, this is seen as the best way forward and it's not very safe, which our next message kind of picks up on. Uh, Jun Xiao says, of course there are a lot of issues, um, but as long as there are renters, the house owners have the right to split as many rooms as they want under the condition that it isn't against the law. But we have to big a, dig a bit deeper uh, before we start worrying about about the renters' mental health or criticising the owners. No one is willing to live in this kind of living situation where there's no spare space except a bed or there's no window. They have no way but to rent these rooms in order to survive or save money for their family. Especially starting this year, the rent is increasing by is increasing crazily. We have to believe they are strong enough to get over these poor living conditions and that life will be better because it can't be worse than this. And all we have to do is respect them and try to raise this issue to the government so that there might be a better solution. Yeah, Junxiao, you know, I, I I know what you're trying to say in the sense that it's something we brought up right at the start of the show, right? That if we're talking about a willingness to rent and a willingness to uh, partition their space in that way, then uh, why... Why do we need regulation? Why are we getting involved? But I think there is a larger question. Well, firstly, I feel like as someone who lives in an apartment building, the larger question of communal living and what this does in terms of safety, in terms of space, um, in terms of everyone uh, living comfortably together. But on the other hand, there are also um, issues around people being taken advantage of, people being... Um, perhaps not having enough of a say um, collectively what this does to our rental market as well. 
Yeah, and and I I take the point that people um you can believe that people will be strong enough or have enough personal strength to overcome these things or that again it's a choice. So I'm not discounting the the choice element. I think we have to try and give people better choices is where I'm Absolutely. at. Absolutely. Um if we can and and acknowledging that in the urban setting that's very tough. Uh Naomi says I never rented but my boyfriend did and it was insane how many advertised rooms for rent were partitioned. Also insane how much basic things like a window in a room ups the cost by 200 ringgit. Eventually found a house for rent. It was built and renovated solely for renters. Each duplex room had its own private toilet, window, space. Same price as a master bedroom. It was great. So I was thinking about how our guest brought up earlier how students are often found, um, you know, uh, in these sorts of accommodations. And then, of course, a few messages have brought this up already. Uh, migrant workers. And that speaks to a certain, um, a certain need, right? Like, People make these choices because they have to. But just because people make these choices because they have to doesn't mean that landlords should take advantage of that situation is where I fall at. Lam says, local councils must not allow the partitioning of rooms to accommodate more people. Uh, they should remain the same as when they were built. There must also be a limit to the number of residents per house. Overcrowding is unsafe, unhealthy and a nuisance. This has to stop. Uh, so Lam, if you were listening to our, our uh, guest earlier, there are certain types of guidelines or laws that govern the number of people who um, can live in a space. But it certainly doesn't seem like, one, that they are... An, that they are comprehensive enough and on the other hand that enforcement is strong enough so that's where we're at um, keep those thoughts coming have you noticed this in your buildings have you had any challenges trying to rent a place recently you can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send a voice note or whatsapp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. tweet us at BFM radio and keep it here BFM 89.9 You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.